0: Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Brilliance Security Podcast. Hello, my name is Steve Bocut, and I am an editor for Brilliance Security Magazine. Brilliance is an online digital publication dedicated to the security industry. Our mission, and thus our name, is to illuminate the intersection of physical and cybersecurity. We cover both of these security domains by publishing original content about threats, hacks, products, and security strategies. We hope you'll enjoy this podcast and visit us at brilliancesecuritymagazine.com. Welcome to the Brilliant Security Magazine podcast. And thank you for joining me today. Uh, we appreciate your listening. So our, des- our guest today, so each week we have a guest, and our guest today is Jim Nitterauer. And Jim is the Director of Information Security at Greylog. If you're not familiar with Greylog, Greylog is a leader in log management and security information event management. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk with Jim today. It's a, a fascinating topic. The topic for today is how to move cybersecurity from a cost center to a revenue enabler. I know that that's what we struggle with in security all the time, particularly when we come hat in hand trying to ask for more resources um, and everybody wants us to justify those, those, those costs. So that's the topic for today. Before we get into the topic, let me introduce uh, you a little bit to Jim. Jim Nitterauer and his team are responsible for IT services, security, and compliance across the Braylog organization. He holds a CISSP and a CISM certifications in addition to a Bachelor of Science degree with a major in biology from Ursinus College and a master of Science degree with a minor excuse me a major in microbiology from the University of Alabama he's well versed in ethical hacking and uh, penetration testing techniques and has been involved in technology for more than 25 years Welcome to the show Jim thank you for joining me today
1: I appreciate it Stephen thank you for having me I'm glad you to be here bet.
0: This is going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to this. This is the age-old question, I think, that everybody in security has struggled with at one time or another, so hopefully we can shed a little bit of light on it. Before we get into the uh, questions that I wanted to ask today, uh, I'd like for you, Jim, if you would take just a few minutes and, and talk about Greylog, help our audience understand who Greylog is and, and what your core competencies are, that kind of thing.
1: Well, thanks for that opportunity. Greylog is a uh, basically, first and foremost, an open source log management platform. It uh, was founded by Leonard Koopman, I want to say nine years ago. He was looking for a better solution for looking at log data, and so he decided to write his own system. Over the years, it, as an open source project, it grew. It became more well-known. Um, several years ago, he and some others got together and decided to uh, make a business out of it. So the way Greylog works, it's a uh, open source project that you can download for free. You can install it on-prem in AWS, you can install it in Azure, wherever you want to put it, uh, hardware or virtually. And it basically uh, ing- ingests logs from any data source that you want to send to it. And then you can cross-reference all of those logs, massage the data, look at it in different ways Uh, to be able to see what relationships are happening among different devices, among different users on your network. Uh, Graylog. then also, obviously we have to make money, we're a business. (laughs) (laughs) So our revenue lines come from added support. So there's many enterprise customers who don't want to have the hassle of figuring out how to install it, do all the configurations, all of those things on their own. So they download the product, install it on-prem, and then pay us for support. There's also a couple of add-on services that we add on. One is called Greylog Security. Another one's called Greylog Illuminate. So those are tools that uh, allow users that are using the platform to better aggregate log data, create dashboards, correlate information uh, throughout their systems. And then the other side of the business is we are rolling out a cloud uh, platform where people can just simply provision what they need in uh, AWS, and we run that cloud for them and manage everything. So it's just point and click, and you're done and up and running. So people use it for a variety of different things. Obviously, it's known more as a sim or a security platform. Uh, but it can be used to um, log data from the de- developers, log code errors, anything you can think of that you can push out to a log source, you can collect and aggregate and analyze using GrayLog.
0: Okay, awesome. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right. So um, I'd, I'd like for you, from your perspective, I think it would be interesting, it'd be interesting for me, and I think our audience would be interested in hearing about some of the costs that you're aware of that various organizations face while trying to protect their systems, infrastructure, and and data. There's a lot of ways you could spend money doing that, but what what are some of those costs?
1: Yeah, I I think the biggest thing that that I've seen that drives up the cost of security is not so much security as it is compliance. (laughs) Many organizations are um, moving towards having SOC 2 compliance, SOC 2 Type 2 report. Many have ISO 27001 certifications, which they're kind of on parallel. One is more of a U.S.-based certification. The other one's more uh, European-based, if you will. Right. Um, So those requirements often drive the need for certain kinds of tools to be in place because you have to prove that you're doing certain things within your organization, Right. right? So that's usually what's driving the cost, if you will to push those tools out get them in place, meet the compliance requirements and get that certification. So from my perspective, that's really what I see driving the cost. Unfortunately, a lot of compliance requirements don't don't mean that you have better security, right? You can put something in place, think of it this way. One of the requirements in a, a SOC report, for example, is to do some sort of routine user access reviews, right? Companies typically do that quarterly. That's not much of a security benefit, right? Let's say you've got an employee that left. uh, They got left in some high risk situation or high risk platform. Their their access remained and you didn't find it until your next quarterly review three months down the road. So that means that that employee now has had access to that system for three months beyond what uh, they should have had access to it. So then you don't know what damage they could have done. Maybe none, maybe some, who knows, Uh, But that kind of compliance requirement does not equate with security. And getting to what log management can do in that case is you can make up um, situations where you could monitor user access based on lists. So if you have a, a list of verified or allowed users and you see a login to a device from a user that's not in that list, that log management system can immediately alert telling you, hey, that user that logged in, Shouldn't have been there. They're not right. supposed to be there, somebody can investigate it more quickly. Right. Therefore, getting you uh, better security without an added cost, if you will.
0: Interesting. Okay. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so, kind of the where we wanted to get through, where I wanted to get to in this conversation is so security is typically not seen as a revenue enabler uh, yep. and, and you know the the flip side of that if if i was sitting in the in the c suite and somebody came and said they needed you know some resources and they wanted to buy a new accounting software then it's pretty easy in my mind to see the justification for that. That's yep. going to help us, you know, be more mm-hmm. efficient and we're going to you know, increase our profits and those kinds of things. So explain, explain to me, if you would, why a security is typically not viewed as a revenue enabler, uh, like some other costs are.
1: Well, I think one of the one of the issues besides compliance is that oftentimes the tools that we've bought for use within the corporation. Example, if we're using Office or Google Suite, G Suite, whatever. Initially, they didn't have security built into them, right? It was kind of bolted on at the end. You bought this thing, you bought Office, you installed it, you spent money on this thing, it improved people's productivity, collaboration, that sort of thing. But then adding security to that was another cost, a cost above and beyond increasing the productivity. And I think what you're seeing is a, is a huge change in that market to where, just I'm just going to use Microsoft for an example, their Office 365 product now has all kinds of different security features built into it that come with your license for Office 365. So the benefit then becomes, oh, I can buy this software and get the security tools as well. So now the software and the security tools become bundled together as an enabler for that business to be more productive, do their things, and also protect the data. Right. So okay. a lot of
0: Interesting. So instead of an additional cost, in addition to what I need to make a profitable company run, I have to buy security. So it, rather than that, they're starting to turn that around. So now it's, it's a value add. Well, not exactly. only do you get the functionality of whatever this is, you also get the added value that I've got some security baked yep. in my solution. Okay.
1: Exactly. Yep. And it right. all comes down to, I mean, realistically, why do we have security in the first place, right? It's to lower the risk to some level that's acceptable for a business. Right. Every business is different, but but what you're really doing is you're protecting your PII for your employees, right? Their personal information, your corporate secrets, your corporate data, whether it's source code or whatever, your assets, and then your customer data, right. And you have to be able to prove you're doing that. So, you know, the, the second phase of justifying the cost is looking at uh, the revenue that you would lose by not having certain certifications and certain... Um, frameworks and security programs in place. Customers oh, just okay. won't buy from you. Right. Your salespeople won't be able to sell. Um, your customers will look at you and go, You don't have these controls in place. And right. they will just leave and go find somebody that does.
0: Okay. And that makes perfectly good sense. And that, in fact, that's where I was going to go with the conversation. I was hoping to get you to explain how you can make security increase revenue, how security will increase revenue. And it sounds like that's a perfect example of one way that it will do it. It, yeah. it could increase your sales um, your, your, uh, if you're meeting certain uh, requirements. Any other ways that you can think of?
1: So it also lowers the barrier to entry, depending on who you're dealing with. So many companies have been implementing what are called uh, third-party risk management. So they're looking at the risk profile of the businesses that they do business with. What is that? What data does that business their vendors hold from that company. Uh, What do they do with that data? How do I get it back? How do they manage it? What kind of security controls do they have in place? And depending on what you present to them, uh, you may elongate or shorten the sales cycle. If you need a particular vendor, right? If you flip that around, if we're a vendor for our customers, if we've got the right amount of security and compliance controls in place, the right certifications, the right people and the right processes, they look at that and go, okay, we don't need to do this much due diligence, you know, 10 hours. We only need to do two hours of due diligence. So it cuts down yeah. our cost, our input, what we have to do. It cuts down the cost of the customer, makes everything easier for the customer to buy in the
0: long run. Yeah, now everybody is so hyper-focused on supply chain or third-party vulnerabilities, mm-hmm. uh, rightly so. I and mean, There's, there's mm-hmm. some real... Uh, exposure there. And so, um, and and I guess you can see how that comes back to compliance. So if I'm out looking to build my ecosystem and looking for supply chain partners, um, I need to see that that these people comply Mm -hmm. to certain things, right? So the easier that they can prove that to me, the more likely I am to bring them on uh, into my ecosystem. Yeah. Uh,
1: A, A perfect example of that is if you were providing a service to the federal government and you were FedRAMP certified, Mm -hmm. you would go from literally months of security review to show me your certificate. You're in the queue. Now it's just a matter of us approving. I mean, it's literally that much of a change based on you having that certification for um, providing services to the federal government.
0: Yeah. Although that, that, See, we started out talking about how compliance doesn't always mean security. And so we've yep. kind of, you're still kind of in that box though, right? So it's okay, well, you comply, you've, we can check these boxes. So now you're in my my mm-hmm. ecosystem, you're a supply chain partner for me. Um, but how, are you really secure or have you just, you know, you, you're you compliant and there's yes. a big difference. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And they're not the
1: same, right? That's not always the same. And as you get more into the federal government than this 800-171, this 853, there's less room for interpretation and less room for um, uh, people to slip through the cracks and not do things compared to a SOC 2 review. So it's a little bit more stringent, but at the same time, you know, what they're taking is the shotgun approach and saying, all right, we've got, we've, we've thrown all these controls out here. They've met 80% of them. They've got their certification. They've addressed the 20% that they don't address. That gives us enough level of trust that we can go out there and we've done our due diligence, right? Does it mean we're secure? Probably better than most, but are we 100 percent secure? That's up to us, right? Up yeah. to us and our risk. Just so a different different thing, if you will. Yeah.
0: Okay. So your area of expertise is log management. So let's let's focus on that. So how can log management um, reduce or eliminate some of those costs that an organization is going to face?
1: Yeah, so depending on what you're logging, right, so I came from a different company. I've been with uh, Greylog for about five and a half months now. Uh, the company I worked for before, I used Graylog quite extensively to look at um, signs of compromise in DNS traffic for our customers. We offered mm-hmm. a DNS service to our customers. We logged every DNS query that was made. We didn't keep it for very long, but long enough that if we saw something malicious, we could go back and we could go to that customer and say, hey, your ip address this machine internal in your network is making these dns queries you might want to go take a look at that right right? um so how does that improve their security well they hired us they paid us for service based on number of users and we're able to find that compromise within their network very quickly and it was a very small price for them to pay like a dollar per user per month right? right so that little security expenditure for that customer resulted in a great amount of return for them because somebody else was looking at their network and seeing what was going on inside of it. Now for us as a company, what we did often was we would look at um, our developers used it extensively. They would use it to log all of the errors and exceptions that were within source code running in, uh, in our staging and production environments. So when they saw a problem in their dashboard, they were able to address it before it impacted the customer and before the customer was able to say, Hey, there's an outage. I want the SLA to kick in. You need to kick back money, pay me back money. Right. So we would lose revenue if we didn't address it quickly. So mm-hmm. that looking at the logs, being on top of what's happening in real time, reduced the payback on the SLAs, if you will. So it kept more revenue in the company.
0: Okay. And so does that go back to where we kind of started, where it's, it's really, time to mitigation right so if yep. you're if if you're ingesting these logs and analyzing this data real time mm-hmm. you're going to find anomalies and things that need to be looked at yep. much sooner than if you wait till the next you know compliance review oh and, for sure yeah real
1: time monitoring is definitely the way to go
0: yeah okay awesome All right, cool. So it looks like we've probably uh, used most of our time, but I like to end with kind of an open-ended question. The the essence of this question is what did I fail to ask that I should have asked, but but what else does our audience need to know about Graylog and or about log management?
1: About log management. Log management can save, save you countless hours of frustration and problems just based on what you just said earlier, right? Monitoring things in real time versus looking at security and compliance being aligned, right? Compliance, you're doing things at some cadence, weekly, monthly, quarterly, whatever. Uh, Real-time compliance monitoring combined with real-time anomaly detection within your environments is definitely going to lower the amount of time that it takes your developers and your engineers to fix problems, and it's going to make your customers happy. It's going to keep your downtime lower. It's going to keep everything within your SLA if you're doing it correctly. And um, you know, from a security perspective, there's many, many things that you can use a log aggregation platform to look at um, anywhere from... know, if you use a VPN, are my VPN users logging in from expected places? Are they logging in from two different places at the same time? Right, (laughs) Right, those sorts of things. Uh, You can see all of that information if you're properly logging everything that you need to be logging. And your your endpoints, whether it's Mac or Windows or Linux, can be shipping logs to uh, Graylog. If you have an internal um, security operations center, it's a great tool for them. We know that there's people that use for uh, that use Graylog to uh, get an advantage when they're uh, doing these CTFs, these contests where they're trying to hack things and win points, right? Capture right. the flag okay. contests. So, there's any anything that you can log and aggregate, you can view it with Graylog, and you can use it to to help improve your efficiencies and make yourself aware of what's going on in a much uh, much quicker timeframe.
0: Okay, and and you mentioned that there's a a uh, solution that Graylog offers that specifically for security gives you a dashboard and those kinds of things. Yep. So I'm assuming that you can go in and you can, you can set your alerts on, you know, whatever you want. Um, yep. Quite customizable. I, I would assume that you can set yep. all the alerts that you want to look for the data that, that you need. Yep.
1: Very customizable. One of the sayings that we have around Graylog is that if you need a certification to use it, we've failed. Oh. Right? So <laughs> Log aggregation <laughs> platforms are very good, but you have to be, an expert in using that platform and their particular query language to be able to get much useful data out of it. And we just don't have that approach. Yeah. If you know uh, regular expressions pretty basically and can use the word and and or and understand the difference, then right. you can pretty much find anything you want within the gray log. It's just point and click and type, and away right. you go.
0: Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Well, Jim, thank you so much for your time today. I I appreciate you taking some time out of your day to help us understand the log management and how that can save some some costs and security. And a big thanks also to our listeners for being with us. And please remember to like and subscribe if you find this podcast interesting. And join us next time for another episode of the Brilliance Security Magazine podcast.